Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are talking about earnings. What are the impacts on the upcoming US earnings season? Some of the big economic factors that are likely to impact on companies' performance and more importantly, impact on the performance of your portfolio. Plenty of things to take out of this. Make sure you take plenty of notes, but more importantly, take plenty of action. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurential. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Bax. Now, topic of today's conversation, I want a bit of a preview from you, but don't worry, you'll keep your shirt on. What we're looking for is a preview <laughs> on the next US earnings season. We're at that critical point now. There's a lot going on. From a macro perspective, we're about to get micro-focused when we see these companies report their earnings. Absolutely true. And, uh, and for people perhaps that are fairly new into this journey, Earnings, uh, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is, uh, is when the companies come to the market, they get into the confession booth and run through the numbers for the last quarter in the case of the US and, and provide some guidance and an outlook as to um, what they see going forward. Typically, it's it's half yearly in Australia for the Australian companies and, and typically it's quarterly in the US. So there's a slight distinction between the two. Process is the same. This is how the last quarter or six months has been for us. This is what our um, you know, turnover has been, this is what our profit's been, uh, and this is you know, the key pinch points that we see moving forward or the opportunities moving forward. So it's a it's a really, really important part of the trading uh, year insofar as and it's not all on the same day. It'll be a pretty hectic day. It's obviously spread out over, over about a month or so. Um, but it's a very, very important part of the, 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 the trading year for us because it gives you the ability to gain a bit of an update as to how the various things that have been going on globally, you know, interest rates, inflation, you know, higher energy prices, all of the above, uh, have really started to impact on the profitability uh, of, our, uh, of the world's biggest companies, all of the companies, and then more importantly, where they see this playing out. And it can provide a, a very, very important stop-go sign in terms of your investment decisions. You know, it might be to unwind a position in a certain company based on its earnings. It might be to buy a certain company based on its earnings. It may be just to profit from a price move, which is, of course, what we seek to do with things like straddles as well over earnings. So you know, it is a very, very important traffic light for us through the trading year. And a lot of people have that misconception that earnings is scary. In reality, mm. as much as there can be some volatility in the market, mm. if you're an investor, this is gold because you're getting an insight into the company that you hold or you want to hold four times yeah. every year, right? Well, the, the old maxim, you know, the truth or set you free is so true. It's, it, it, it's kind of like if you're in a relationship and you, you're sitting down with your partner, there's something I've got to tell you. Uh, and that might be a scary conversation or it might be, those. Or, or I'm sure I'm sure we've all had a few of them and you particularly <laughs> have had quite a few of them. Um, but you know, in, in those circumstances, if it's, it can also provide some important guidance in the relationship and something I've got to tell you, I don't like it when you do this. If you could avoid doing that, that would be really cool and never happens again and relationship's great. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just the meaning that you choose to attach to it. So when a company comes out with its earnings, hey, we need to sit down, I need to tell you something, this is how bad our court has been. <laughs> that isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's a level of transparency that lets you recalibrate and work on whether it's a relationship with the company that you're prepared to continue with, whether it's an opportunity to enter that relationship with the company or, or, or indeed anything in between. So it, you know, it's a really, really important part of the guidance. Uh, unusual comparison, I suppose, in terms of uh, how to describe, describe it, but it's not something to be fearful of. It's something that's a very, very important um, uh, statement that comes out. And uh, and as I say, it really helps you recalibrate your portfolio. We actually did an episode on this, AB, for our listeners out there. We'll get the number posted in the description mm. below. We did a session, you may remember, on the guidance versus the numbers and the mm. consensus. Great episode. Certainly go and have a listen to that if you are tuning in today. But moving forward uh, on today's topic of conversation, AB, preview, mm. uh, before we get into this season of earnings, 
we're expecting three things. So if we kick off number one, interest rates, what kind of effect do you think that'll have? Yeah. Look, higher interest rates, which you know is almost a global phenomenon. You know, we've seen it here in Australia, we've seen it in the US, seen it in, in, in Europe, the UK. Um, the impact of higher interest rates, they've been brought into play to try and control inflation. Inflation is out of control. That's where you've got price rises that are that are on a charge, uh, moving higher and higher, you know, making life prohibitively expensive. So higher interest rates are designed to be kind of a fire extinguisher, if you will, for inflation, where it dampens down the flames and slows things down. The, the challenge is that in doing that, it can have quite a negative impact on companies in two ways. Number one, if interest rates are higher and more of people's disposable income is taken up servicing debt uh, uh, in its various forms, that's less money for them to spend on a discretionary basis. So you can oftentimes see a slowdown in sales on the back of uh, higher interest rates. But secondly, from a from a business perspective, a business borrowing perspective, a business investing in its business perspective, it also provides a bit of a handbrake because that cost of servicing that debt uh, has moved up. It's a very obvious thing to say, but if you borrowed at 3% and now it's 6%, well, it's costing you much more money on the billions of dollars that you borrowed to open that factory that you just built. There's equipment and things like that. It can right, be well. your working capital. It depends on the nature of the business uh, and, and what it does. But yeah, I mean, those sorts of capital expenditures or expansion plans or a marketing strategy or whatever it may be. So it costs more to service that debt. And as a business, if your costs increase, you have to find that money from somewhere. Now, you know, we're in an environment where, you know, potentially sales are slowing, lower consumer confidence and so on. So where does the business find that extra cost? And the answer is out of its profit margin. Uh, and if its profit margin is being squeezed, its costs are growing uh, and its revenue line is maybe static or even dropped a little bit, then that's the sort of thing that can negatively impact on, on the company's earnings. So when it's in the confession booth to the market saying, hey, listen, you know, our costs have said we've got a lot of debt, a good example of the type of business uh, that maybe in that space is in the infrastructure, like a toll road, for example, you know, where debt stands in the multiple billions to, to, to build a tunnel or a bypass, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden that cost of, of being able to service that debt is moved up, you know, considerably a percent on tens of billions of dollars is is a substantial amount. It's got to come from somewhere, and typically it comes out of the uh, the earnings and the profit margin the company has. So, first prediction on that very basis: higher cost of capital, higher interest rates, meaning less profit margins, weaker earnings. Potentially, yeah. And we've been through a period of time where. You know, company earnings or the the earning that the margin within business has actually been you know, almost at record highs um, because of interest rates being so low uh, and and the booming economic conditions that we've enjoyed up until you know the last probably seven or eight months. So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a reality check where those margins start to get squeezed a little bit, and that ultimately I, I suspect we will see flow through into the earnings. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's change pace now, AB. Let's talk about currency now. Mm. U.S. dollar, I think, is up maybe twenty one percent year to date, something like that. What kind of effect does that have on a U.S. based business? Well, these are almost inextricably linked. Since the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve has been increasing interest rates, ordinarily when interest rates move up, that currency of that country tends to firm up a little bit too, because you know the the return as an investor you can have on holding money in the bank in that country is relatively higher. So, yeah, you're quite right. I think the U.S. dollar is up 21 and a bit percent um, for, for for the year to date, and again that then flows on into the earnings space in a couple of different ways. Firstly, the cost of the goods that you export become relatively more expensive for overseas buyers. And I guess you can do one of two things. You can 
hold your price and go, well, look, our cost of production has gone up. Um, the US dollar is a bit firmer. So tough luck, you've got to pay. And I think it's one of the previous chairman of the Federal Reserve always used to refer to, uh, refer to the US dollar as our currency, but your problem, uh, <laughs> which is a certain element of, element of arrogance to that, but also rather true. Um, and, and so if you're in an environment where perhaps the economy in that country, like the UK, for example, is slowing down and, you know, it's, it's definitely in some, for some financial hardship, you may choose to sort of soften that higher currency rate by, again, having pressure on your margin and dropping your price to keep your price competitive in those countries that are perhaps suffering a little bit or, or where the buying power has been denigrated by that currency. So, again, there's a, there's a risk, if you will, um, on the, um, on the uh, earnings for that business as it tries to absorb that higher US dollar and keep itself price competitive and we're in a, a global environment where you know stuff you can source from virtually anywhere in the world now so if you want to maintain your market share you have to be price competitive well speaking of prices and prices going up in, in particular what about input costs we talk about raw materials mm. uh, labor and so forth mm. I mean that that has to be challenging for a business right yeah, input costs. I mean, let's face it, everything has got more expensive, whether it's filling your car up with fuel or whether it's you know, buying your groceries, putting your lights on at home, whatever it may be. Um, and, and those input costs, raw material costs, certainly going into the cost of production for companies have increased. Now, you can sort of draw a line here, and, and this is where I guess it's quite different when you understand the mechanics of certain businesses, if you're a service company versus a manufacturer, for example. So if you're a manufacturer, you've got all the raw materials that go into making the stuff that you produce. Um, there's also probably quite a high energy commitment to that too. And so far as, you know, if you, if you, if you make lithium ion batteries, you probably want 35 tons uh, of coal in order to make you know, a battery, for example, Crazy. Um, you know, which is, you know, that's the, the reality of that world. And with coal prices being, you know, at all time highs, that cost of creating a lithium ion battery is now close to being a record high price, even though, um, you know, lithium has become a more established uh, commodity in terms of battery power in the marketplace. So that energy cost of production, if you're a manufacturer, is a really severe input cost, which again will affect your margin because you, you get a choice. You either push that cost hike onto your customer and say, well, sorry, but it's costing us more to make it. You got to pay more. Or you go, look, yeah, we want to maintain our market share. Uh, and we make a reasonable profit margin, so we'll absorb most of that cost increase within our margin and, and keep our price at the retail level the same. So input costs are massive, uh, particularly in manufacturing. Now, on the other side of the coin, if you look at, say, the service industry, there's there's no particular hard cost. Well, actually, there is, and it's labor. And so if you're in a situation where in the service industry, which may be more labor intensive, you know, wage pressure is a huge input cost factor. And again, we've seen you know, very, very strong labor markets in the US where we've got you know, uh, you know a record low unemployment level, just like we have here in Australia. And, and, and as a consequence of that, there's been you know, some fairly reasonable um, wage increases in order to attract people to work for you. And again, if you used to pay someone, and look, if you talk about the US economy, you know, some of the wages there you know, have been pretty thin, I guess, Questionable, you know, having, yeah. having a, you know, a couple of million people climbing over the non-existent wall every year helps keep those wages down pretty low, which maybe is why there is no wall there. But, um, you know, the let's not get political with this, but, you know, the reality is, um, you know, if wages have increased from, say, 12 to 13 or $14 an hour, it doesn't sound like much. 
But when that's on a, a workforce of hundreds of thousands of people per hour, it does have to come from somewhere. And again, it can come from the margin uh, within the business. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's a, a, a real price pressure uh, that you're seeing. And I mean, we've seen that you know, pretty clearly here in Australia uh, in the post-pandemic world, we're trying to get people back into the workforce when they've been used to being on you know, JobKeeper or whatever it may be. You've got to pay some fairly enticing wages for people to even be remotely interested in wanting to, to do something. That cost being higher, has to come from somewhere and it's not going to get passed on to the consumer who's not wanting to spend money at the moment anyway so you got to wear it and again that comes in uh, as a big big anchor pulling down uh, potential earnings for a company i think the the theme here everything's more expensive and there's yeah. only so much you can pass on to your consumers yeah. and energy prices again and you, you've seen companies um you know, i think um, there's a couple of tech companies as well where they they've got a lights off policy uh, and and powering down to save power because costs of uh, electricity are obviously crazy, you know, crazy. And, uh, and and that almost sounds like miserly. I remember sort of growing up as a kid, um, we had a, <laughs> a terrible thing to say. We, we had an electric shower and I always remember if I was in there for too long, like more than three minutes, and my dad would come along and the, the, I can see it right now, the switch for turning the power off was outside the bathroom, so I'd be in the shower. Yeah, and you imagine lathered up and you're just about to rinse your hair and my dad would uh, turn the off. power off so it was a cold shower. I have a cold shower every day at home. Maybe that's because I pay the power bill at home or, or maybe I like having cold showers. <laughs> it's good for you though at least. <laughs> Outside cold shower every day. That's my claim to Beautiful. fame. A bit of trivia for you there. So Lovely. that's my carbon footprint offset, that's for sure. The more you know. Um, so no, that that, that um, electricity uh, bill, for example, and ways of being able to monitor and manage that, are, again, are huge things. And I know these sound like we're, yeah, they're minor things, but for some of these companies, you think about, a, a you know, business like Walmart, for example, where you've got, you know, literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of hectares of floor space in your shop that's lit up, that's air conditioned or heated, depending on which state you're in, and and, and then the car park, like everything else, and then the freezer section to keep the food cold and everything that goes around that. fortune. Yeah. It's, it, and if you're able to save one or two percent on those sorts of costs, it actually has a material impact on the back end uh, when it comes to- uh, Millions to of dollars, earnings. at least tens of millions. Tens of millions of dollars, uh, probably more so even. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, those input costs of energy are huge, particularly for manufacturing, but also in the service sector. So again, you gotta find the money from somewhere. Uh, and again, yeah, that's where earnings are gonna get crimped. Okay, what about a curveball? I said three things. I'm going to put a fourth to you, AB. We'll kick in the can you, around. You make me work hard sometimes. Every time. See, I should never have told you about the cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> You've got five days to make mm. me work hard, mm. so I've got half an hour for you today. Um, we spoke about geopolitics mm. earlier today, and particularly China. Yep. What's the story there? How's that affecting businesses in the US right now? I think there's been a... A major shift, I think, in the geopolitical world, and uh, you know, events in the Ukraine are one example of that, and you know, the saber rattling uh, around Taiwan are another example of that, and you know, this is well documented in the media, of course. And the net effect of that is that there've been supply chain disruptions, pandemic, you know, the Suez Canal being blocked up, and now, you know, the wayward. Um, sort of foreign affairs policy of certain countries has, has, has created a conscience bubble, I think, where your supply is disrupted. And in the case of China, let's call it what it is, you've had a zero COVID policy, uh, which has meant that large tracts of the country have been locked down for you know, a significant period of time. Um, and that's massively disrupted the supply chain for many, many companies, especially in the technology sector where manufacturing was almost exclusively in China. And it's come to know, I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago in one of the podcasts, actually, um, that you, know, you can't run the risk of 
not being able to sell your product because you're short of a couple of chips, literally, uh, or, or whatever the key component may be. So a lot of countries, uh, companies now are, are considering the risk of actually being manufactured in China, as well as the geopolitics and uh, and sort of sensitivities around human rights and, and you know and uh, foreign policy and so on. And, and they're looking to move their manufacturing outside of it. So I think Samsung were probably one of the first to do this back in, was it 2019? Yeah, we've seen Microsoft do it. Um, and more recently, we're starting to see Apple do that. So for example, you know, your Apple Buds, um, you know, made in Vietnam, iPhones now made in India, uh, at the, at the, instead of being in China. So what's the impact of this from a margin perspective? Well, the whole purpose for manufacturing in China was cheap labor and, sure. and, and, and cheaper cost of production in order to have a fatter margin within the business. And that either smoother supply chain decision or conscious decision, let's leave it for, you can choose A or B, whichever suits, to manufacture outside of China comes at a cost. And that is that by manufacturing in India or Vietnam, it is more expensive than in China. And if you're in a business where your margins are already being impacted, I'm not saying eaten away, these companies will still make you know billions of dollars of profit, but the margin is still being eaten away by a higher cost base at a time where really you don't want to do that, but you kind of have to in order to secure a reliable pipeline of product supply. Um, then that too is a factor for many, many countries and we, we are companies, should I say, and, and we spoke about this the other week about, um, you know, maybe we're going to see the emergence of Mexico, particularly as a big beneficiary in the manufacturing and tech space because, you know, its proximity to the US is literally across the border. Um, it's part, it's got the North American Free Trade Agreement, the NAFTA Agreement, in place, so the tariffs and things like that are all very transparent and very easy to operate. Yeah, logistically, it's very simple. You've got a reasonably highly skilled workforce, uh, and it's in the same time zone that you're in. So you know, there's no water crossing, there's no sewers canal blockage. It's it, it it's kind of stacks up in a lot of ways. And I think you know, for, for countries, companies that that are making that decision to relocate, and some are even going back to the US as well. Um, yeah, there is a trade-off. It's more reliable, but you're paying for that. And again, that's another margin pressure. It is left field. Maybe it's not a massive one right now, but nonetheless, it's an important one to acknowledge. And I think, you know, we may talk about this in future podcasts, the, let's call it the China unwind, where there's a lot going on in the Chinese economy right now. There's a lot going on in China right now um, that are probably worth talking about in terms of, you know, what the impact is likely to be on the global economy. But for the moment, that movement out of China for manufacturing most certainly will have a negative impact, I believe, uh, on company earnings, which is what we're talking about today. Every cent counts, absolutely. Yep. So considering all of that, AB, and that was really good information, thank you. What's our projection for the earnings? And I'm talking consensus, results, guidance. Mm. I think we're in for a pretty soggy time. Um, what I mean by soggy is not a very professional uh, term <laughs> to use, uh, but I don't think it's going to be the best earnings season. Mm -hmm. Expectations at the moment you know, are, are fairly low. And so if the actuals come in slightly better than the very, very low expectations, for many people that's seen as a positive that you know, the earnings have outperformed what the expectation was. But when the expectations are set so low and you've managed to outperform dreadfully low expectations, that's not a reason to buy equities. It's still a bad result, um, isn't it? It is, and, it's a, and I think we're gonna see you know, an increase in the velocity of revision downward and what I mean by that is at the moment, it's just only started to happen. We've seen companies come out and, and, and there are some companies that are very, very good at managing market expectations. You know, we spoke of Microsoft a bit earlier. The, you know, Steve Bellmer, when he was CEO of Microsoft, which is you know, way, way, way before your time, he was a great CEO because he did a terrific job of really 
assuaging market expectations and calming them down and dampening them. It's just been really, you don't know how tough it's been. And coming out with a pretty decent number. That's probably why he's made billions out of his Microsoft shares, I'm sure. Makes sense. Um, But he was very, very good at that. And I think a lot of companies are wanting to get ahead of that actual confession booth there are numbers and saying look it's been a bit tougher and gradually manage uh, expectations in the market to the downside Uh, and on all of this unfortunately and i I hate to be the bearer of bad news and 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 be you know negative or bearish towards markets but i do think that we've got a little bit more downside to come as the lens of traders investors alike moves from just being on interest rates and inflation which has really been the 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 the, the two eye uh, focus for the last um the last sort of six months or so onto the fact that earnings really now have become an area of concern uh, and equities I, I believe based on lower levels of earnings remain just a little bit overvalued and i think we may well see a bit more of a sell down in the market and i'm going to put it out there i reckon you know if we're looking at the s p 500 you know that range of you know between 300 and 340 points is probably where i'd see things dropping down to which you know it's only 20 25 points from where we are now uh, but for many people, they think that this is the low in the market. And I do think there's there's you know potentially a little bit more downside to come as that bad news and earnings revisions to the downside gets factored into price because at the moment, the price of shares, even though they're depressed, hasn't factored in lower levels of earnings based on some of the things we've talked about today. Once that's factored in, I think, uh, and also you know if you if you're an investor and you've got to put your money somewhere, if you can buy shares and get a five percent yield, but with you know, some level of risk. Or alternatively, you can buy a two-year treasury and get 4.5% with zero risk. No brainer. Uh, That's what we call equity risk premium, right? Exactly right. That's the equity risk premium. And that extra bit that you're getting for being in the equities market versus the higher level of risk of being in the equities market is not consistent. And so we do need to see a factor in of you know, lower equity prices to take that risk up, brings earnings back into line and valuations get sorted out. And that equity risk premium being back up at one and a half, two percent is is much more enticing. It's challenging out there to say the least, AB. It's been a choppy market. And I think this earnings season is probably pivotal for, for where we go next. And it may not just be this one. I think this will be the first one uh, of, of the new song. Um, and there is a lag factor. Well, all of those economic factors that we've we've kind of talked about filter through and become the reality, um, you know, for, for companies' day-to-day operations. And some are at the early part of that, and others will be the laggards uh, within there as it takes longer for this pain to sort of filter through and affect their bottom line. Uh, but rest assured, that record of pain isn't changing. You know, Jerome Powell has made it very, very clear. And it should be noted that he's not the cause of the pain. He's just administering the medicine that needs to be put in uh, in order to, to save the patient, so to speak. Uh, and, and, and he's showing no sign of wavering. Uh, the market is eternally optimistic and they keep thinking, oh, he's going to change his mind. He's not changing his mind. He's going to get the job done. And those size 12 cowboy boots will be stamping out the flames of, uh, uh, of inflation as his primary mandate. And that will come at a cost to equities. But if it means a stock market bases out at 300 to 340 on the S&P, that's a wonderful level to be buying back in and enjoying the recovery on the other side. Look forward to it, AB. Thanks very much for your insight today. Very, very helpful. Cheers. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. There you have it, guys. Plenty to digest in there. One thing I'd ask of you is if you know someone that's involved with the stock market and maybe their portfolio has not been performing the way it has or should be, uh, make sure you send them a link to this podcast so they can learn and see a bit more about how this goes. On that note, we look forward to hosting you next week. Make sure you uh, give us a rating and a review and we'll see you on next week's show.